Welcome to Back Chat, where the topics making the news are discussed and the questions that need to be asked are asked. Nothing is off limits and no questions are deemed inappropriate as we lift the lid and dig deep into the issues making the headlines. Football is called the world game for a reason. The love for the sport eclipses all others. No other sport has a universal appeal, the global following, or the huge amount of media attention. As a result, debates regarding the greatest players, the greatest teams, and goals are always raging. In this episode, we'll be having a little fun with the panelists as they answer five questions I'll pose, along with their individual answers and explanations for their answers. My role will be that of the quiz master and the judge, determining which of the answers to each question are best and awarding a point to the panelist who provides the best answer. I'm Bobby M. And this is Back Chat. Before we get started, let's introduce our panellists, Jazz, Jeets and Mandy. Welcome along. This is going to be a bit of fun. Hope you're looking forward to this, lads. Excellent. We are. Excellent stuff. Yeah. And hopefully you've done your research and uh, prepared for the questions that I had given you prior to recording this episode. So we're going to get started straight away. So the rules are simple. Everyone understand the rules. Okay. I'm going to ask you five questions, one at a time, and you've got to give me your answers turn by turn, and then I will award a point based upon which answer I think is the best. Simple as that. And the more uh, descriptive uh, and drama-filled your answer is, the better it will be, okay? Because we really want to recreate these moments because if these are really the greatest moments uh, in the greatest sport that we're talking about, we've really got to feel it coming through, okay? Uh, so question one is, what is the greatest football match you've watched and why? Jazz, I'm coming to you first. Uh, for me, it's uh, before my time, but it's the um, 1970 Brazil-Italy World Cup final in uh, Mexico City. Uh, the first World Cup that they ever had that was in colour. Uh, and just the the games that they had, especially the Brazil team, um, that was one of the best Brazil teams that ever came out, I think, in terms of the personalities that they had on board. Um, the game in particular um, was a fantastic game, but that fourth goal that Brazil scored that Carlos Alberto scored. Um, the movement in that goal is fantastic. It's one of the, the, the greatest team goals I think that's, that's ever been scored. Um, you know, the, the, the players in there, the likes of Jairzinho, Pele, Tostal, Rivellino, Gerson, Clodaldo, Felix, those guys are legends in Brazil, legends the world over. But that fourth is goal it, is in Is that just one name, was it? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a dish, I think. Um, but those, um, that, that one of the goals in particular, the fourth one, there's a bit in there where you, there's a player, Cordaldo. He dribbled past four Italian players in his own half um, before laying the ball on and the likes of um, Jairzinho, Pele, Gers, um, uh, Carlos Alberto, and he scored that goal. Um, it's a fantastic uh, team goal. And just that whole drama around that 1970 World Cup, for, uh, World Cup um, the teams involved, it had fantastic fantastic teams um you know the, uh, the the england team the german team um they played some fantastic games in there known also for that gordon bank save as well um before brazil ran riot um you know it's it's it, you know it's it's the first world cup i think that was ever seen with the the kind of retro kits that that uh, people wear now so but, you know, that's what i'll go for very descriptive jazz I forget about recreating the moment I, I feel like i've just lived through the whole 90 minutes and extra time and penalties and the replay <laughs> i hope you have i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did <laughs> sounds like you loved it uh mandy we'll come to you next so jazz is going for the 1970 world cup final italy against um who was it 
You've forgotten already the Brazilian players. I named I named you most of the Brazilian squad. Yeah, <laughs> legends of the Brazil. game. You must have and heard of Pele, surely. Yeah, look, I've heard of him somewhere. Didn't he do adverts for Viagra? I think. Mandy, over to you. What was your choice? There have been plenty of great matches, but there's one that uh, stands out for me. Uh, it was the evening of April the third, nineteen ninety-six, and I was in Bristol staying for a few days. Uh, it was a Premiership fixture at Anfield. Liverpool had lost their previous match and that day they were hosting Kevin Keegan's Newcastle who had also lost their previous match at Arsenal and thereby had allowed Manchester United to get ahead by three points. Liverpool started well. They scored the first goal after two minutes through Robbie Fowler. Um, Newcastle responded with increased pressure and equalised equalized eight minutes later through Esprilia. Um, in the 14th minute, Newcastle went ahead uh, 2-1 when David Ginella scored. Nine minutes into the second half, McManaman found good old Fowler who scored his second goal of the match. Uh, but Liverpool's advantage only lasted a few minutes and uh, Esprilia again scored with the outside of his foot and it was 3-2. Uh, Newcastle began to dominate the match. But Liverpool pressed on and uh, across, across reached Stan Collymore and he struck the ball into the net. And everyone thought that this match is ending in a draw with stoppage time um, being played. John Barnes played a 1-2 and the ball ended up with uh, Collymore who scored his second goal. And the beauty was Kevin Keegan slumping over the advertising holding in distress. What a match. And you obviously like the sight of Kevin Keegan <laughs> slumping over an advertising hoarding. Um, yeah, hopefully that's not the bit that made it memorable for you. But yeah, I remember that match and uh, a great match it was too. Uh, thanks for that, Mandy. So you're going with uh, the Liverpool-Newcastle game. And Jeets, over to you. What's the, the greatest match you've watched and why? Um, I agree with the lads. They, they were very good games. They mentioned um, there's so many to choose from. But for me, um, it's Brazil-France uh, from the 1986 World Cup, which would have been the quarterfinal. Um, at the time, I think Brazil, they should have won the 82 World Cup. They probably had like the most exciting team. But I'd say they had probably defensively, they were better in 86. And France were from right. They were reigning European champions. Might be wrong there. I think when Platini scored like nine goals or ten goals in the Euros. Um, yeah, so that game for me stands out because it was like pretty much end-to-end, uh, missed loads of missed chances, so many star players, star players on the bench even. Then like, um, I remember Brazil got, got a penalty in the second half and Zico just come on and stepped up. And like, I think he probably was like, he wasn't even their main penalty taker. Remember, Socrates used to be their main one. And then uh, Zico actually missed the penalty. And then I think in extra time, France, they should have had a penalty. It was like a Schumacher moment, but not as bad as Schumacher's in 82. Um, I can't remember who uh, their goalkeeper was. But yeah, I remember, like, um, uh, was it their right back they scored before in the 70 World Cup final? I think they had a similar player called Josimar. They're right back. Might have been. 
Josie Ma, I think he was related to Bondemar, wasn't he? I think he used to play uh, for Brazil as well in the early 60s. Uh, thanks for that, G. So uh, there you go, three matches. And I think I'm going to award the first point to Mandeep. It's got to be that classic game between Liverpool and Newcastle. As much as we're fans of uh, the international games, I think nothing can reproduce the drama of that classic evening uh, when Liverpool and Newcastle clash. That's gone down as one of the games uh, not just of the Premier League, but of uh, English football. And uh, I, I think even you guys would have to agree that was a memorable, fabulous, energy-filled evening and it was just end-to-end stuff. So, Mandeep, I'm awarding you the first point. So, you've got one. Uh, Jazz Thank and Jeet you. still to get off the mark. And uh, we're going to start with Jeet this time. Let's twist it around a bit now and start with you. You went last with the first question. So, second question, who is the greatest player to play in the Premier League and why? Jeet, kick us off. Um, okay, for me, there have been many players, um, but I would go with uh, Thierry Henry. Um, reason for that is, obviously, as a Liverpool fan, the you know when your your team's playing another team, and there's always one player that you think, I hope he doesn't get the ball, and like you know starts running at us and stuff. So every time we used to play against Arsenal in those days. Um, it used to be frightening, like uh, when Henri would have the ball, like start off on the left and like cut in and stuff. And then he was lethal on his on his free kicks. Um, also he took penalties, um, all the corners and stuff. And the way he linked up with like Perez and Bergkamp. I mean, for me, like he, I think he broke Ian Wright's record as well uh, for the most goals for Arsenal. So yeah, for me, I'd go with Thierry Henry. He's the great Thierry Henry. Certainly a massive name from the Premier League. Uh, okay, let's go to Mandeep next. Mandeep, greatest player of the Premier League and why? There have been uh, numerous great players, but I will go for Sergio Aguero, who is still playing for Manchester City. Wow, moved okay. To, yeah, that's that's moved, an interesting choice. He moved to Manchester City in 2011. Um, and uh, in his debut season... Um, he scored a 94th minute goal uh, against QPR and that earned Manchester City its first league title in 44 years. And over the years, you know, he's won numerous sort of awards in 2014-15. He was Premier League Golden uh, Boot. He won the award for that. November 2017, he, you know, he became Manchester City's all-time goal scorer. He's won the, the PFA um, team of the year for two years, uh, fourth highest goal scorer, and he also scored his 400th uh, goal of his professional career in a 3-1 away win over Bournemouth. He comes across as a very lazy player, but he's got the passing ability, his link-up play, uh, his tactical uh, intelligence and vision. Uh, it's when he doesn't play for Manchester City, you realise how much they miss him. And when he comes on, beat as a substitute, you know, he deceives defenders as being lazy, but you give him the ball and quick flash, quick acceleration, back of the net. He reminds me very much of Romario, his style of play, the Brazilian Romario. So I would go with Sergio Aguero. Good, interesting choice. Controversial choice. He's still playing. Uh, Jazz. Over to you. Um, I would have gone for I would have gone for Thierry Henry, but um, since Jesus has taken it up, um, I'll go for Alan Shearer um, because um, I think I think his style of play. If you if you analyze his career from when he when he was at Southampton, he actually was a midfielder um, 
is what he started off as. Uh, and he was more of a goal creator um, than a goal scorer. So he moved, he transitioned from a, a midfielder to, to a striker and his goal ratio then um, just changed. And I think what was incredible about him was, and you also get, if you have a look at the um, Premier League wins, those wins are, you know, fought for by unfashionable clubs, as you say, like Leicester, Blackburn, Leeds, when they won the, the Premier League. He won the league with an unfashionable club and he played for probably what I would title as unfashionable clubs as well. Uh, Southampton, Blackburn, Newcastle. Uh, and to have that creativity and goal scoring ratio that he had um, when he hasn't had the players around him uh, to provide that creativity, it's a lot harder. Uh, if you're playing in a, in a team that has um, you know, multi-talented uh, personnel, it's easy to, to score goals. It's easy, it's easy to create. But when you play for these clubs that, that are mid-table clubs and to score the kind of goals that he did, the numbers that he got, um, his career, he had 283 goals in his career. Uh, 63 England caps as well to go along with it. Um, it's very difficult to do when you're part of a team that is a struggling team, which, you know, Southampton, Blackburn, to be honest, which, which after their Premier League win they were, and Newcastle for all their, pretty much all their time, um, they, they've been a struggling uh, team. Um, that's, it's an incredible ratio that he's got. And also, I think what also defines him, I think, is that most people, um, if you could have your choice of any career, um, and you're the team that you would play for. You would play for your boyhood team. He turned down and moved to Manchester United because he wanted to play for Newcastle, which was the team that he supported as a boy. And he actually said in an interview that, you know, it's what I want. So it's, it's not, you know, it's not for the money or the glory that he's going for. So it's, it's you know, it's, uh, he's the guy that I'd choose. So you're going for Alan Shearer. Interesting choice as well. I think a lot of people would agree with you. Um, interesting choices. As a judge, and my decision is final, so I'm going to give this point to the person who picked the player who scored 174 goals in 254 appearances for Arsenal, went on to Barcelona, scored 35 in 80, and then went on to New York Red Bulls and scored another 51 goals in 122 appearances with 581 club appearances and 284 goals. For me, it's got to be Thierry Henry. And uh, I think not just because of his uh, potency in front of goal, but also because of the fact he entertained and was such an all-round nice guy. And I don't think there's any club, any fan, who would not have wanted Thierry Henry to be playing for their club. So because of that, Jeets, I'm going to give you the point for that one. Uh, and that brings us uh, to the end of the second question. Scores tied. Mandeep, one point. Jeets, one point. Jazz, still to get off the mark. And I'm going to get you boys uh, under a bit of pressure now. Uh, and I'm going to give you 60 seconds because you turn it into a party political broadcast with uh, every answer. So we need to keep you guys moving. So it's going to be a one-minute limit. Uh, and uh, we'll be back with question three right after this. Don't miss an episode. The Backchat Podcast is available on iTunes, Pocket Cast, and Spotify. Okay, question three. So we're going to talk about goals now. Obviously, football is loved and what makes football the amazing spectacle or spectacle uh, it is, is the goals. So let's talk goals now. And we're going to start with you, Jazz. And you're currently trailing. So you've got three questions left. Time to pull your finger out uh, and tell us about the greatest goal in your lifetime and why. It's got to be the 86 Maradona goal against England, the second one, not the handball. Um, the second goal is just class. He just, you know, he just walked past the England team. 
Peter Reed actually says he should have fouled him at the time and brought him down. But um, you know, there's no way you could. They couldn't get anywhere near him. Um, he just danced past them. He walked past them and made a mockery of the whole England team um, when he went past them and scored that goal. And it's it's one. You know, it's especially when you're a kid watching that goal when you see someone go past it. It's you know that's the kind of goal that you look for and that you want. So Maradona's goal, the second one. And he owned that tournament as well, didn't he? He did. He did. Totally Absolutely owned it. owned it. Good. Okay. So Jazz going for Maradona in 1986 and that amazing dribbled goal. Uh, we'll go to Jeets next. Jeets, your uh, greatest goal of your lifetime and why? And it's not limited to Premier League. It could be uh, from yeah. any match you may have seen, including the Vauxhall Conference, which I know you're a huge fan of. Yeah. Like um, I took Jazz's choice earlier. He's taken my one this time. But um, I'd say my... Other favourite would have been uh, Marco Van Basten in Euro 88, uh, the volley he scored. Uh, it was just like a mate from probably the most difficult angle. Um, Against the Soviet uh, Union, as I remember. Yeah, it used to be called, was it the Soviet Union or US? I can't remember. CCCP, now. I think they were. I think yeah. it was the last time they played as the Soviet Union, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, funnily enough, they were favourites actually for that game because they already beat them in the group stage. So, that's when um, Van Basten, like, came out like uh, everyone knew about him became household name yeah that for me that goal was yeah probably there's basically many goals I mean there's Gerard's one in FA Cup finals all but yeah I'd go with that one okay so Van Basten in the 88 European Championship final Mandeep over to you I would agree with the Jazz that the Maradona goal was good, but I'd go for one that is as good as Maradona's. And that was Lionel Messi's goal versus Getafe. Best in Barcelona's history. It was in a semi-final, uh, Copa del Roy, 2006-2007. Just like Maradona, he received the ball in his own half. Uh, he nutbeg not one player, but two, before outpacing them. Uh, he had defenders who were trying to dive and uh, he passed them at the edge of the box. He rounded the keeper, and he still had the presence of mind to lift the ball over the defender sliding on the line. That was as good as Maradona's goal. Okay, three good choices there uh, for me to choose from, and I can tell you something, I'm not going to give it to you, Jeets, uh, primarily because I was a fan of the Soviet Union and Russia uh, in terms of European and world football. Don't ask me why, I just was. I can see Jazz looking all stunned as in, what the hell is this guy on about? Should he really be the judge? But yeah, I was a massive fan of the Soviet Union, and although that goal was brilliant, it was a goal that denied the team I followed uh, the ultimate prize in Europe. So we're not going to go with that one. Uh, and then that leaves me with two fabulous goals, both dribbled. One uh, by the maestro himself, Diego Maradona, uh, and the other one, Mandeep picking Lionel Messi against Getafe, uh, or Getafe, however you say it. But I'm going to go with, obviously, Barcelona have dominated in Spain. It's always been a two-horse race. Uh, and I just think that Diego Maradona's effort on the world stage, the pinnacle of the sport, um, and doing it at that level, and not only that match and that goal, but the way he absolutely dominated the, the, the world scene. Um, I've got to give it to Maradona. I can't go against Jazz. Uh, and it's got to be awarded to you, Jazz. I completely agree with you. That goal was just magic. And uh, yeah, Lionel Messi, obviously uh, one of the greatest players um, ever. But that goal, to do it the way Maradona did it, no comparison. 
which means after three questions, we're all level. It's uh, one point to each of you, which brings us to question four. Uh, and we're going to stick with the theme of the World Cup. And I'm asking you a very simple question. What was the greatest World Cup in history and why? And Mandy, we're coming to you first. Right. It, the one I'm going for may not have been the greatest World Cup for most people. Uh, but for me, it reminded me of an unforgettable summer, not in terms of football, but as a kid growing up. And that was the 1990 World Cup um, in Italy. It was, I used to follow Germany. We used to have football made in Germany uh, on telly. So I knew the players. Uh, I had been gifted the German T-shirt. So I, I, I was wearing that. And uh, uh as a kid growing up, it was just one of those times that everything was perfect, a perfect summer. Uh, and it reminded me of good memories. So 1990 World Cup, not for the football, but just the moment in time. Okay, so Mandy going with Italia 90. Uh, Jeets, you next. Greatest World Cup and why? It has to be 1986, Mexico 86. Um, everything about it, um, it was like, very colourful, like the way the fans were, the atmosphere, um, the retro kits, so many uh, star players, at least one star player in every major nation in those days. Obviously, um, Maradona lighting up the World Cup with his handball first and then the goal, which is probably the greatest ever goal, the second one. Um, also, uh, I remember even like Denmark uh, blazing through the group stage and then they got... Um, beaten like was it five, I think it might be 5-1 by Spain in the second round which is a major upset so so many great sides um great matches as well hardly any like defensive matches which were were more prominent in 1990 which is why that otherwise that probably would have been my favorite world cup as well because um uh got to watch every game whereas 86 didn't get to watch every game because of the time time zone and stuff so yeah I'd go with 986 also the ball as well was amazing as uh, well. Mexico 86. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you remember the name of the uh, mascot? Yeah. What was the mascot's uh, name? Do you PK, was it? I think PK? it might be. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think the ball was be, called yeah. Tango. It might have been something like that. All mm-hmm. I remember is the Azteca Stadium and the yeah, music on ITV. That was just uh, a memorable theme yeah. tune. Uh, you know how we remember World Cups by the theme tune. Although, having said that, Italian 90s theme tune and uh, Pavarotti uh, yeah. and that song was just, Ness and Door was just... Uh, I just Dor found 1990, the teams became a little bit too defensive. Mm, we'll discuss that. Uh, Jazz, greatest World Cup and why? Uh, for me, it's 86 as well. Um, it's it's one of those things, one of those tournaments where the players involved, um, G, I think Jeets went through a few of them before. I mean, you look at the likes of... Socrates um, in that tournament. I'm, I'm surprised Brazil didn't win it. Uh, the Argentinian team, which only had one player that most people can name, um, that went on to win the final. Um, it was just, you know, considering that the country just recovered from an earthquake as well to hold it. So it's, it, you know, it, it was incredible that they managed to hold the tournament in the first place. And the football was free flowing uh, because after 90, yes, it became defensive because most of you probably remember Germany winning the final in 1990 with a penalty. Um, pretty defensive play after that um, and I think it's probably the last tournament that we'll get that was very amateurish before professional football took over you know, the salaries weren't that, that high in those days uh, and football was a very you know so I would think of it you know although 
technically it wasn't an amateur game, but it was more amateur what, than what um, it is now. Um, teams traveling in rickety buses and coaches. I mean, you watch some of the history programs around that tournament uh, and it's incredible. Uh, and the football they played is just phenomenal. Okay, so two for Mexico 86, one for Italia 90. And Mandeep, Italia 90 was an amazing World Cup. Um, for me, what ruined it was the final. For me, if I've watched a whole World Cup and if the final wrecks it, it just takes a shine off what can be a great tournament. And like Jazz said, that I think it was Andreas Bremer penalty uh, that won it for Germany and also broke a lot of hearts out there because Germany were always seen uh, as a boring team. And apologies, I know you said you supported them, but they were always a boring, predictable juggernauts in world and European football, always predicted to get there and grind out a result. Uh, and up against Argentina, I think it was in that final, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Argentina were the exact opposite, unpredictable. Um, you know, the troublemakers of world football, dominated by personalities that could explode and do uh, anything at any moment. And I think to see Argentina defeated by a penalty in what should have been a cracking final, uh, for me, has left a bit of a, a sour note for that World Cup and also brings back memories of... Uh, I think Gaza, that's the one where Gaza was crying and Gary Lineker crapped his pants on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, because of that, I've got to go for Mexico 86, which is my personal favourite as well. Just the sights, the sounds, the atmosphere, the colours, the free-flowing football that uh, Jazz described as well. Um, it was just unreal. And for me, that World Cup will live long in the memory. Some amazing games, amazing players, uh, even... Michael Laudrup and Brian Laudrup in Denmark. I think that was their World Cup as well, where they were just, you know, amazing. And uh, yeah, a stunning World Cup. So one point each for both of you, Jazz and Jeets, which means the scores at the end of question four is Jazz on two, Mandeep on one, Jeets on two. So uh, Jazz has come good. Uh, He's got two in a row and uh, brings us to the final question, which we'll come to straight after this. Available on iTunes, Pocket Cast and Spotify. This is the Bag Chat Podcast. Okay, are you lads ready? Question number five. This is it. This is going to be potentially the decider. If Mandeep gets this, we could have a three-way tie. Uh, if not, can Jeets or Jazz take the competition out? Okay, question five. Who is your choice of the greatest footballer of all time? And why? I'm going to give you 30 seconds on this one. Mandy, we're starting with you. 1956, Brazil lost to Uruguay. That affected a player who was only 15. He vowed that he would bring the World Cup back to Brazil. His name was Edson Arentes do Nascimentos, known as player as Pele. Unique playing style combined with speed, agility. Um, he was very creative, um, athletic, physical power. Uh, his balance was great. And he played his best football when defending was brutal. No defenders, uh, you know, felt pity for players. Referees did not support players. So he, for me, was was definitely my greatest player. Uh, John Cryer, he said, Pele was the only footballer who su- who surpassed the uh, the 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 magic of logic. That's his words. And Sir Bobby Charlton, he said, I sometimes feel as though football was invented for this magical player. So I would go with Pele. Pele, big name. Um, Jeets, who are you going with? 
I'm going for Johan Cruyff on this one. Um, my reason is because um, they he was part of a team which which uh, invented total football, which is still being played today, and it's copied by a lot of teams. Been probably been uh, taking a different approach now with the whole tiki taka thing, like possession based football. But um, for me, um, it's just what he did afterwards. All like his legacy lives on. He had like a move named after him, the Cruyff turn. Uh, then he went on to manage Barcelona. Um, and turn them into a force by playing them in a really attractive way. So for me, it's Johan Cruyff. Johan Cruyff. Uh, and that brings us finally to Jazz. Who are you going to go with? We've got Pele, we've got Cruyff. Who are you going to go with? Go I was, expecting, I was expecting Messi and Ronaldo. Diego, Mario Diego, Diego Maradona. I'm going to go for Diego Maradona. Um, you know, a play, I mean, I like Pele and I like the Brazil teams as well. But when you've got seven or eight, world-class players alongside you. It's easy to, to be part of a team. Maradona took the team, the Argentina 86 team, on his own. How many people can name a single other player from that team? Not many people could. Um, you know, he, he was a world-class player for Barcelona, for Na- Napoli. Naples has a church after him. Uh, I was surprised when I was there, there was a church. I saw it. I saw a church after Diego Maradona. They worship him in Naples. Um, so for someone to have that sort of effect... Um, one thing I did like about him, he was, he was a bit, little bit on the loopy side as well, which made his football. Um, one of the things that affected him in the 82 World Cup final, Italy took him out. Gentili, the defender, went after him and he vowed that in 86, he was going to win that World Cup. And he, on his own, single-handedly winning a World Cup, is not, it hasn't happened before and it hasn't happened since where one man has taken a team. Most players, most people can name players from a, a team that wins a World Cup there's not many out there that can name a single player from that Argentina squad and that goal that I mentioned earlier I mean that's just sheer class so Diego Maradona we've got Pele and we've got Johan Cruyff and as much as I admire each of those players I've got to go with Diego how can you not go for Diego Maradona Uh, without a doubt I would say he's my choice as well the greatest footballer there has ever been uh, and if you look at what he went through in his career and the way that defenders just used to go for his ankles every single time and the speed, the pace, the artistry, the magic of the man was uh, unmatchable. He was just one of a kind. He will never, ever be replicated. As good as Messi is, Messi will never be a Maradona. Uh, and to do it in the time he did it when the defenders were you know, all about breaking bones uh, and the referees, let's say, were questionable and uh, lots of things that uh, you would never get away with today. Uh, those defenders used to get away with murder back in those days. So for me, it's got to be Diego Maradona. And Jazz, congratulations to you because that is the deciding point, uh, which gives you three points. Uh, Jeet's second with two points. Mandy on one point, took the first one out and then uh, gradually declined uh, after that, going with Italia 90, Aguero and Pele, who was, yeah, certainly agile uh, and all the rest of it in his career. But sadly, afterwards, like I said, he needed Viagra uh, to be as powerful in his uh, latter years, although that's got nothing to do with his football, uh, other balls involved there. But uh, well done to you, Jazz. Uh, you are our inaugural champion uh, for the football quiz. I hope you've enjoyed it. Any uh, Anything you want to say as our first ever champion, Jess? Um, no, I think the other... I mean, the others came... You know, they were all very good answers. I mean, the players, the games. I mean, they're all fantastic games. They're all fantastic players. Um, 
humble, you know, humble to the end. You know, they're all, I mean, <laughs> you'd have any of them on your side, wouldn't you? If you're playing a game. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, true. We're looking at the the creme de la creme yeah. of world football. So you're absolutely right, uh, Mandeep Jeets. Thank you as well for taking part today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, it's certainly been fun and hope you've enjoyed it as well listening at home or wherever you might be it's certainly been an interesting uh, 20 minutes or so listening to the views of the panel Uh, so thank you guys we'll be back again soon and uh, I've been Bobby M and this has been Back Chat until next time goodbye for now join us again soon for another episode of Back Chat where we go behind the headlines and beyond the boundaries to uncover the facts and discuss the real stories behind the news.